0: of lightning Jesus, your name is power, breath, the living water. Such a marvelous mystery. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation. Thank
1: Thank you for that song, beautiful song, Revelation, chapter 4, beautiful picture that song presents to us. Take your Bible, if you would, turn to Luke chapter 7, Luke chapter 7, Luke chapter 7 is what we'll be reading here in just a few moments. Last week we began a new series uh, talking about our God is right on time. Last week we talked about how God is unstoppable. We began by talking about how that our time, our schedule, our ways, our timing in our life is different than God's timing. My time is different than God's time. And and, uh, if you got saved a little bit later in life, you realize God, he really changed that time frame for you. Things are completely different than what they were. I got saved at five And it's something I grew up with, realizing that God had a time, and and I had time, and uh, yet there's times, even after being saved, that my timing and my way I think does not line up exactly the way God does, and I don't understand sometimes why God does the things the way He does it, or why God waits. You might say that my time schedule, if you were to label it, would be impatient. We all want things to be done now. We want to have it happen now. I, think of, I was trying to think of different illustrations of things in my life that I want to have happen now, and it all was related to food, so I thought I better not say anything about that. <laughs> you know, it's supposed to be fast food, right? You know, and when you get home and you're supposed to get your lunch, you want it, like, fast. Anyway, I better move beyond that. We want things now, and we want to have it happen. And, and, and sometimes we get caught because we're, like, we get so impatient. That's our time schedule. Impatient. And then there's God's time schedule. God does it at the exact right time, every time. And, and there's times in our life we don't understand it, yet his, his time, you might say it, if you were to identify it, would be very patient. And so we have our time schedule, which is impatient. We have God's time schedule, which is very patient. God has time. God knows exactly how to best use that time. We don't understand that sometimes. I, you know I think of many examples of this when you see in the Bible, of people having to be patient to wait on God's timing. One of the big ones that I think of is Moses. Forty years waiting. God called him. God had a a calling in his heart and his life, and yet he had to wait 40 years. We don't like to wait, though. We have impatient time schedules. Yet God is very patient. God knows exactly when and how to do what is best for our life. Best for His will. Best for Him. And what he's trying to accomplish. But what do I do? I sit and think, well, why God? Why wait? Why not now? We we ask God questions. Why are you so patient about things in my life, and yet I'm so impatient? Why do we struggle with it? Why do you have to wait to the last second before you help in that situation, before you answer that prayer? Why do you wait until I'm holding on by a thread before you act in my life? Now, if you haven't ever had that experience in your life, you will. There's going to be times when you're going to say, "Why, God, where are you at? Why aren't you doing something? God, why can't you help in this situation? And when we ask questions like that, then we're reminded about the last minute miracles we see recorded in the Word of God. and We can find a lot of answers to why God does wait. We see many examples of it. Last week we began by looking at the first example of a last minute miracle was with Peter. Remember how Peter was there and how that James, the brother of John, had already had his head chopped off. Remember King Herod was in control at that time there in, in the area of, of, of Jerusalem and the surrounding areas. There he was in charge, and now he saw that it pleased the people that he took the life of James, the brother of John, and now he puts Peter in prison with the intent of, he's now going to then take the head off of Peter as well. You remember how Peter was in prison? How that Peter was there, and how God, it seems like at the very last moment, time was very short for Peter, how that God delivered him with his angel and set him free. But you know what? We realize that God is always on time. God has a perfect time and place for everything. And when God decides that something's going to happen, God is unstoppable. We saw that with Peter, there he was. Listen, those people, remember, they were there praying in their prayer meeting without the faith they should have had. But God, he was busy about, he had a perfect plan and a place for Peter to deliver him from that prison, deliver him from certain death. God has perfect timing. And by the way, I want to say this once again. Last week I mentioned this, but we must remember it. James found himself in the exact same position, yet God, in his perfect timing, took James home. There's going to be times in our life when God is not going to say yes to a prayer. There's going to be times in our life what, for, for God's glory and for God's purpose to go forth, or perhaps for people to come to know Christ as their Savior. God, he, in His divine will, and His sovereign will, He is going to take us home or not answer that prayer the way we want Him to answer it. But I can tell you this, God does answer prayer. We must remember that. When God decides something's going to happen, though, He won't be stopped. He is almighty. He is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. And we can trust in Him. God knows what you're going through today. God knows the situations that you're facing. And there are times when we look at the situation from our human eyes and our human understanding and our human thinking and we wonder, God, where are you at? Why haven't you acted, God? Why haven't you answered my prayer? So God, oftentimes, he waits for that last minute. But you can mark it down. When God does decide to move, he is not going to be stopped and whatever our needs to be done it's going to be done and today we're going to be looking at another last minute miracle here as we look at these last minute miracles from the word of God it's here in the book of Luke at first glance it appears that Jesus has shown up too late this miracle it looks like it's way too late for Jesus to show up because he died this man is on his way to the cemetery Jesus is entering the city And I want you to notice here, as we look here, Luke chapter 7, notice verse number 11, if you would. Look what happened. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and much people. Now, when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the buyer. And they that bare him stood still. And he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all. And they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us, that God hath visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. Would you join me as we have a word of prayer? Lord, we thank you. Thank you that you are God. We did not create the world, Lord. We did not take the nails in our hands. We did not wear the crown of thorns. We are not the creator. We are the created. You are our God. We are your people. And Lord, I thank you today that you are a God that's in control. A God that is all-wise, all-powerful. A God that understands what's going to happen in the future. Lord, you're not bound by time. Lord, you know what's best. And Lord, I'm thankful today that we can trust in you. We don't have to lean on our own understandings. but Lord, that we acknowledge you in all of our ways. Lord, that you would direct our paths. Lord, speak to our hearts today. Encourage us today. Give us the faith that we need. Lord, we need to grow. I pray that you'd help us to grow in our faith. Thank you for loving us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, as we look at this the subject of God waiting, the, the title of this part of this series is entitled, God, Why Wait So Late? God, why wait so long? Why is it so late in this challenge that I'm going through that you would step in and help or God why does it seem like you're not there to help and we see this going here in this the story that we read here this morning we see a a very dramatic scene I want to step through it and kind of look at it and the first thing I want you to notice about it is this that we ought not put our focus on uh, when is God going to do something but rather we ought to take comfort that when God does act he will change everything Don't worry about when God is going to act. Just understand that God, when He does act, it's going to change everything. Notice verse number 11, if you would, once again. Notice what's going on. And it came to pass the day after that. He he went into a city called Nain, And many of His disciples went with Him and much people. Now when He came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. So I want you to picture this with me. Anytime we're looking at the Word of God, remember we're talking about real people, we're talking about real feelings. This is not just a story, this is a real event that took place. And I want you to put yourself in the position of these people that are marching out of the city. They're they're marching in this uh, procession as they're making their way, literally, to go outside of the city to where the graveyard's going to be at. It would have been their custom in that day that they would have, if they would have seen somebody that was coming along uh, in a procession for a funeral like that, they would have joined together. It would have been a Jewish tradition for them to join together, and that crowd would begin getting bigger and bigger and bigger. A little bit like perhaps some of you, you remember, or maybe you still see this. It's very rare, but I, I do see it occasionally, where a funeral procession is going down the road, and people will pull over, and they'll sit and stop, and out of reverence for what's going on there and understanding. Instead of beep on their horn and trying to get the people to move out of the way, people would pull over and have respect. Here in this day, the people would have joined together. Many people would have come together. They started to follow after, and there've been people that have been wailing. There have been people that there have been a lot of crying. You can just picture the scene here. Here is a a man that's laid out. He, he's laid there basically on a piece of wood that they're carrying him, taking him to the place where he's going to be buried. That would have been the custom of that day. They're headed to the cemetery. And our passage of Scripture tells us that the funeral procession it's nearing the gate, heading toward the cemetery, that's where Jesus meets them. His disciples meet him there. There's a large crowd that's nearing the gate that's heading to the city as well. So we have these two groups of people that are coming together. And for Jesus and his followers to, to c- comply with the Jewish custom, they, they would have joined in together with them. They'd have been heading off now to the cemetery watching this burial of this man of this, from this woman that, that, that she's now with, with nobody to support her. She's a widow. This is the son that was there to take care of her. Now she has nobody to take care of her. You can imagine the, the, the condition that she would have been in and how horrible it would have been to see her son. He's dead. They're going to the cemetery. But listen, Jesus meets them there at the gate. And listen, Jesus is going to change everything. Imagine. So Jesus, there he is at the exact right time, at the exact right moment. He meets this crowd there at the gate. And I can tell you this that if Jesus comes there and he is choosing to be there at that moment and he is going to do this miracle, nothing's going to stop him. Not even death is going to stop him. And so the first thing we need to understand is this, is don't put your focus on when is God going to do something, but rather take comfort that when he does act, he will change everything. Secondly, don't put your focus on when is God going to do something because there are a lot of times that God does last-minute miracles on your behalf without you even asking. Without you even asking. Look at verse 13. Notice what it says. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the buyer, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. Now before we get into the depth of that and thinking of that, I want you to just think about in your life, about times in your life when there was some type of delay that took place in your life. I think of myself, there's times when I'm getting away from the house, I'm driving down my driveway, I get to the road, I make a ride, I get over to Fountain, and about the time I hit Fountain, I realize I forgot something. And i got to turn around, i got to go all the way back, and i got to go grab what I forgot. And then there's times after that happens, I'm driving down the road and I'll see something, like a deer just got hit, or I'll see an accident that took place, something that happened. And I think to myself at that moment, was God... Preventing me from that? Was God sparing me from that? Now listen, I've heard personal testimony of people where God delayed them and they realized later that literally that delay, it saved their life. It's happened again and again and again. And so you think to yourself, well, did you pray that God would delay you? Oh, probably not. Most of us, when we have some kind of delay, what do we want to do? <laughs> What's that? What's that? Yeah, gripe, get angry. I'm guilty of that. Oh no, now I'm going to be late. I've got to run back. I've got to do this. Or, oh no, there's a train that's crossing ahead. It's stopping. We're going to be in traffic forever. Oh no, whatever it is. I remember one delay. I was on my way down to southern um, um, Indiana, just north of Kentucky. We were headed down to Pastor Mike Kleit's church. I was going down to preach a revival. We were driving. And I was, it was the day of the revival. We were headed down. We left early enough to have no problem getting there in time. On the way down, and just I wanted to go ahead and study some, and I asked my wife if she would drive. And it was back in the day when GPS just first came out. You know those GPS units. We were, I was using a phone, but it had just come out; it was kind of new. And as we were driving along, I was en- engrossed. Of course, I was really studying the Word of God hard. And I was. I was. I was preparing and praying and reading. And 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 I looked up. And I looked around. And we were in Indiana, of course, and I looked around and I saw a bunch of cornfields. Now, I've been on this trip many times. I've never seen these cornfields like I saw that day. We were supposed to be on an interstate, and I was on some kind of highway in in the middle of some cornfields. And then I started to ask my wife the question, where are we at? She says, well, I'm following this, you know, trying to follow the directions of this GPS. I says, we're not where we're supposed to be at all. And I think she said something like this, well... If it wasn't for your almighty GPA, we would have been there by now. That's when as a husband, if you're wise, you say nothing further. You don't correct her. You don't say it's not GPA, it's GPS. It was a compliment she just gave you. You just say nothing at that point. But I wasn't a wise husband at that point. (laughs) Now why am I saying all of that? I'm kind of having some fun with it. It's a story I've told before and my, my wife is a great driver. She's better with directions than I am normally. Seriously, she is. She missed one turn, just one little turn. But you know what? There are times in our life when things like that happen and we have no idea what God was protecting us from. We have no idea. There are times that if we were to do things our way, in our timing, that we'd find ourselves in a place where God never intended for us to be. Yet God, he'll use a delay and he'll use it on purpose for his perfect timing because God is trying to do something in our life. God is trying to protect us. And at times it's at the last minute on our behalf and we never even asked for it. Now we might say prayers like, Lord, please protect us, but not specifically praying. We see that happening here. You know, here here is this situation, last minute, the Lord's going to act, and here in the story, I know this young man that's being carried out of the town could not possibly have asked for this last minute miracle, how do we know that? He could not possibly have asked for this last minute miracle, how do we know that? He's dead. He's laying there dead. He didn't pray for it. We know that's the case, there's no doubt about that. Now, we also know the Scripture doesn't say anything about the mother asking for the miracle at all. We don't see it here at all. You know, the crowd that's with them, that's marching down, they're wailing. There's all kinds of people that are mourning over this. None of them are crying out, hey, there's Jesus. Why don't you heal him and raise him from the dead? We don't see that either. By the way, this is the first instance where Jesus does raise somebody from the dead. They wouldn't even thought that. First time. They weren't crying out for it. They weren't saying, hey, Lord, please help. They weren't praying at all. You know, in fact, even the disciples weren't. They had seen many miracles. They had seen Jesus do all kinds of miracles, not raising anybody from the dead. But they weren't crying out. They weren't weren't asking, Lord, why don't you just raise him from the dead? Not at all. So why did Jesus, at this last minute, perform this miracle? Why did he do it? You know, the Bible tells us right here why. Because he had compassion on her. Now, we're going to get to the reason about the sovereignty of God and God knowing in time and all that. But before we get to that, we've got to look at the fact that he had compassion on her. He saw her. He probably saw those tears running down her face. He saw the crowd that was crying. He saw this dead son. He saw the the only form of support that this mother would have had. Laying there dead. He saw her. And he had compassion on her. She never prayed for the miracle. The disciples never prayed for the miracle. The people never prayed. The man never prayed. There God was, in the flesh, performing this miracle because he had compassion. I want to tell you something today. I'm a child of God. You've been born again today. You're a son. You're a daughter. How much more does God have compassion for you? I know He looks at the masses. He looks at the world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. There's no doubt that God loves us. But when I think about the fact of my relationship with God and Him being my Father and I'm His Son and my relationship with my kids and I'm their Father and they're my children, oh, I have compassion for them. God has compassion for you. God cares about what you're going through. God knows the hardship that you're facing. He has compassion for you. And even when you don't know how to pray or when to pray, or even when you have a lack of faith, God still loves you enough that God, He will do the impossible in your life. Now listen, I don't, want to, I don't want anybody to be confused by the fact that yes, there is a reason why we should have faith and we should believe. And there's no doubt there are times when we tie the hands of God because we don't have the faith we should have. But I believe there's so many times we don't even realize what God does for us when we don't have the faith and we don't pray as we should or even know how to pray. It's interesting, in this passage of Scripture, if you look at the previous, what happened at the beginning of chapter 7, you see there that there was a man that had such faith, and because he believed, Christ said, because of your belief, it was like none he had found there in Israel. His son was healed. We know there are times when it's by faith, but you know there's so many more times, I truly believe this, there's more times than we even will ever comprehend, even in eternity's future, We'll never understand how much God was there, what God protected us, how God answered, how God did for us what we didn't even know we needed. I'm so thankful for those prayers I prayed in the past where God said no, when God gave me better than I ever, ever thought possible. You think about those times when you thought you knew best, yet God gave you better than what you were asking for. Or God gave you something and you didn't even realize it. I mean, I look at my life and I can't even imagine how God could be so good. And I can guarantee you it's not because I've had all the faith, faith to to move a mountain. I can guarantee you that. I'm so thankful that God is so good that God shows compassion to us. So don't put your focus on when is God going to do something because there are a lot of times that God does last-minute miracles on your behalf without you even asking. Don't misunderstand. I'm not saying you shouldn't ask. I'm just saying we ought to trust in God. God knows what's best. Thirdly, don't put your focus on when is God going to do something because God is going to do that last-minute miracle when it brings the greatest glory to himself, and you and I don't know when that is. He's going to do the miracle which is going to bring the glory to himself at the exact right moment, right time. And you know what? I can't control nor understand when that moment is. Look at, what, look at verse number 16. Notice what it says. And there came a fear on all. Now let me stop for just a second. Now remember, we want to talk about putting yourself there, seeing the situation Here's a man that sits up and begins talking that you were just walking in the procession to go to the, 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 the uh, burial ground and to bury this man, and now he's alive. I think this is probably an understatement there that there came a fear on all. You all with me on that? Can you imagine going to a funeral and it turning in, from a funeral into a praise service giving glory to God, but fear came first. Fear came first. And it says here that all they glorified God, saying that a great prophet has risen up among us and that God hath visited His people. And this rumor of Him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. You know, at this time in Jewish history, a Jewish person had to be put in the grave the day of their death. They had to do it as quickly as possible. There was no waiting like we have today, a time of, of waiting before. No, it would be the day of. They had to make very careful. They had to do it the day of. And so this young man, he could have been dead for maybe an hour or a couple of hours. It wouldn't have been that long. But he was dead nonetheless. How do we know that he was dead and wasn't acting? Because the Bible says so. Remember, we always go back to what the Word of God says. The Word of God says he was dead. I have no question about it, no doubt in my mind about that. But it wasn't for very long. They, they would have been that day that had been in that couple of hours in preparing. And so here we see Jesus is there. He's all man, but he's all God. And being all God, he knew that he was going to raise that young man from the grave. He knew before he ever got to that gate. He knew that occurrence of what was going to happen. He knew from eternity past that he was going to be there that day. He was all God, and he was all man, and here he is, and now here he goes. And, you know, here's the thing. We would be thinking, well, why didn't he get here sooner? Why didn't he show up? I mean, the man was sick, obviously, or something drastically happened. Couldn't he be, while the man was there laying injured or sick, could he have not shown up at that moment and healed him? Well, he had done not many miracles like that already, where he had healed the sick. Disciples had already seen that he'd done many miracles like that. Well, you could have, but if I was the mother, if I was the family, if I was, why did you wait till this? Why would you have to wait till then? Of course, I'm talking about in the context of prior to the resurrection. But why didn't you come sooner? God could have, but he didn't. Why not? Why didn't he show up sooner? Because the greatest glory would occur to the Father if Jesus was to meet that young man at the gate because the number of people that were there, you think about this, the number of people that were there, if he had gone to that, that man before he had died, there would have been a couple of people. If he had met even uh, you think about i 'm kind of putting my mind thinking I'm human thinking on this, so but if he had met them the, the procession when it first started, there would have been less people, it was at the point of see in those days, they would not have buried somebody within the gate of the city, it would have been outside the gate of the city. Logic tells us the majority of the people that would have gathered with them would have been in the city. As they got further into the city toward the gate, more people, remember it was a custom, they would join together. More people would come, more people would come, more people would come. Until they got to the gate where you could say the majority of the people that were going to come were going to be there. And at that exact moment in time, he changes everything changes everything. And it says in verse 16, and there came a fear on all and they glorified God. What is it in your life that you've been saying, God, I'm asking for this. God, why don't you give it now? God, why don't you work now? God, God, why don't you get a hold of their heart? God, I want them to get saved. God, why don't you speak to their heart and God, why don't you heal that, my loved one? God, why don't you take away that sickness from them? God, why don't you do this? It might even be God. God, they're going to die. What are you going to do? And so we have to remember this. That God is going to do it at at the exact right time, the exact right place, and always for the right purpose right purpose, that God would be glorified for his good pleasure, that he would be lifted up. By the way, why were we created? For exactly that reason. Let me ask you this today. If it meant that you would have to face death and die a physical death, that others would lift up the name of God, and that people would be drawn to Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, would it be worth it? Think about that. Now, it's easy to say that right now, isn't it? But what about when we're facing that? What about when we're going through that valley of the shadow of death? Well, let's put it this way this one's tougher. What about our child going through that valley of the shadow of death? Where's our faith? Our spouse. Where's our faith? Are we trusting in God? I put it that way because, hey, we can all say that, yes, man, if it meant me dying, that people would come to know Christ, it'd be worth it. Maybe it means you living and having that difficulty you're facing in your life right now. The Apostle Paul, the thorn in his flesh that God had given to him. Maybe it means for us that we're going to go through a difficulty in our life and we're praying and we're asking God and we're asking God, listen, the time hasn't come yet when God can be glorified the most because of the situation we're facing. God is waiting for that point that brings the greatest glory to himself. And the truth is, he's worthy of that. He deserves that. I mean, whether it means that we have to go through some suffering here on earth, suffering, difficulties. There's some things that have happened in my life I don't understand why. There's some times when God stepped into the last moment and I say, praise be to God. But there's some things in my life when I still don't comprehend why. From all the outside, humanly looking in, you see it and you say, well, where were you at, God? And I say that. And I'm not saying I'm sinning by saying it. I'm saying I couldn't see it. Do you realize there's going to be some things we will never going to understand until we get to glory as to why? And perhaps even then, if God sees fit to reveal it to us, But what we need to remember is this. That God is bigger. God is greater than anything we'll ever face. That God many times, listen, we might pray for an answer to prayer, this and this, and we ought to be praying, but there are so many things on a daily basis that God does for us because he has compassion for us. He's doing it all the time. There are times when God, listen, I've known people that because on their deathbed, they saw more people saved than they did during their life. And it was at the exact right moment in time. Because of that moment, God was glorified. What are you facing in your life? Maybe I should ask the question, what are you living your life for? Who are we living our life for? Are you trusting in God? Do you have faith? You know, even the disciples had to pray, Lord, help us with our unbelief. Don't understand. We see many examples like this in the Bible. And, and many times we see God come forth and, and changes everything. And then there's times when it seems like He was late. He delayed. And some were able to see the picture of how it still had the impact of changing everything. And there's some that we have to say, I believe God. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Trust the Lord. God has a purpose. God has a plan. And you can mark it down. God cannot be stopped. He's going to perform his will. God is going to do what we cannot do. God's going to do it at the exact right time, the right place. And he changes everything. We have an awesome God. And I'm so thankful that He is compassionate to us, that He loves us, that we can trust in Him. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed as we pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for being sovereign. You sit on the throne, we don't. You are all powerful, we're not. You're all knowing we're not. Lord, I pray that you would be glorified in our lives, that we'd be willing to, even when it costs something, that you would be glorified in our lives. Lord, we thank you today for the many answers to prayer that you've given us. But Lord, also, we thank you today for even the times that we don't pray, that you have compassion, and Lord, that you are there on our behalf and doing for us what you don't even understand. Didn't even know we needed. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that we know today that when you do act, it changes everything. You have the power to do what we cannot do. You have the knowledge and wisdom to understand what we cannot understand. Lord, I pray that we would trust in you. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, let me ask you Do you know Christ? Do you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior? Have you been born again? You say, Yes, I know I'm saved. I know I'm on my way to heaven. I have no doubt of that. There was a time and a place in your life where you realized you were a sinner, that Jesus died for your sin debt there on Calvary's cross. He paid your debt. He conquered the grave. He rose the third day, and you, by faith, trusted in him as your personal Savior. You've been born again. You know that you're on your way to heaven. You say, Yes, that's my testimony. Would you lift your hand up high? Say, Yes, I know I'm going to heaven. God bless me. Put your hands down. Praise the Lord. God wants you to know today. Maybe you're here today, you don't have that peace. You don't know for sure that you're going to heaven. Listen, God wants you to know today. Perhaps you're here this morning. You say, preacher, I don't know. I don't have that peace. I don't know if I died this moment that I'd go to heaven. Could I pray for you this morning with our heads bowed, our eyes closed? Would you just slip your hand up? Could I pray for you today? You say, I don't know. I don't know if I died today that I'd go to heaven. Christian, are you trusting God? Are you trusting God for that past event that took place in your life that you don't understand why? Are you trusting God for that difficulty you're facing right now, that trial, that storm that you're going through? Will you trust God in the future? Are you thanking Him for His compassion, for His protection? Today it might be that you need to just come to the Lord this morning and ask Him for His help. You might need to come and pray, Lord, help me with my unbelief. Lord, I, I, I believe, but I need you to help me, Lord. Help me my faith to grow. You might be able to take that burden that you're carrying this morning and say, Lord, I put it at your feet. Would you trust Him today? Lord, I pray you'd move in this invitation. Lord, speak to our hearts. May you be glorified in our life, Lord. May we be willing, whatever the cost is, that you would be lifted up. That our life would count for you. Lord, speak to us now, I pray in Jesus' name. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, I invite you.